welcome to In My Mug episode 361 on Monday the 12th of October 2015. I am still Stephen Layton uh, and we're still going to do the news. Okay, so let's get on with the news. After a couple of weeks in Africa, uh, I'm very pleased to be heading back to Central America and our lovely Guatemalans. Um, we have some killer lots still to add to the site from Guatemala as well, so definitely do keep an eye on the website. We will be seeing a couple more guats in In My Mug as well, I think. Um, there's one I'm super excited to share to you. I, I cannot wait for it to, uh, to, to, to come on here. But we have a lot of coffees at the minute, so we're kind of holding back and putting them out at different times. Last week I talked about the Indonesians. They are now live on the site for you to enjoy. Some really great examples of super clean, super well-processed um, Colossus um, and a really delicious uh, Sumatra. Um, very excited to be sharing them with you, so uh, do go and try those. Not sure whether they're going to make it in my mug. You need to convince me that they should. And exciting news that our Bolivian coffee is virtually here. It's been afloat for the last, well it's been travelling for the last five weeks because it has to go through Chile and then through the Panama Canal and across. But coming, coming very, very soon and we'll be here ready for Christmas, um, which I think is super exciting to have fresh crop Bolivians. I'm fairly confident it's the first container to leave Bolivia this year. Uh, we were very on the ball with it all. And Brazils, um, the Brazils are coming. We can, we, we start to see arrivals now. There'll be a couple creeping onto the site as well over the next few days. So Brazil coming is also super exciting. So uh, it's all about the new coffees. Always about the new coffees. There's always something around the corner in coffee. And that was the news. So, uh, focus on this week, I'm going to talk about the Guatemalan coffee industry, but in particular what Ana Cafe have done with, uh, with regions. So Guatemala is like a land of very, very different microclimates and very different rainfall patterns, um, from really high mountain ranges to, you know, kind of really quite lowlands. Um, and I think this is what makes Guatemala quite different to lots of other countries. Um, back in the early 90s, Ana Cafe, the, the organising kind of government agency, 1% of every sale goes into running Ana Cafe, um, kind of led the way in kind of trying to put it in each coffee producing region into its own like kind of place and giving it its own cup profiles and characteristics. Um, something that they're actually trying to reproduce now in El Salvador. Uh, but there's eight distinct regions that are in Guatemala um, that have been defined as having particularly special microclimates. So you've got Acatenango, you've got Antigua, you've got Atitlan, you've got Coban, you've got uh, Fralanges, you've got Huayhuay, uh, and you have New Orient and San Marcos. There we go. So, um, yeah, uh, really interesting what they've done to break them down into different areas. Um, but as we're going to find out in a minute, it's not always, uh, you don't always get that, um, farms don't fall into those regions. So anyway, that was Focus On. So what was I rambling on about there at the end? So not every farm fits into this Guatemalan map. And this week's coffee uh, is from the town of Palencia, which we've talked about a little bit before, but he's not part of the eight regions of Ana Cafe. Um, 
But I'm really excited to be working there because you can actually start to see a lot of development happening in there and a lot of great coffee starting to come from there. And I, I'm fairly sure that Anna Cafe are going to pick up on this. So the farm is called San Patricio on uh, El Limon and it's um, a really good example actually of what's happening in Palencia um, and in the area. And for me, it's more like, it is definitely the best coffee I've ever tasted from this region. Uh, and I was lucky enough to do a kind of lot of cuppings there uh, with my friend Raul. Um, this relationship with Beto started back in 2013 and has become one of my favourite relationships we have. Like Beto has been so accommodating and so keen for us to <clears throat> be able to buy more coffee from him and work with him. Um, I was introduced to him by my friend Raul um, and uh, he drove me up to the farm and as soon as I kind of got there I realised I really wanted to work with these guys. They're around about an hour, um, an hour's drive to the east of Guatemala City. Um, the farm sits at an altitude around about 1600 to 1800 metres, very low is 16, very high is 18 and everything in between. Um, and he's owned by Guadalupe Alberto Reyes, but everybody knows him as Beto. Um, actually he used to be the mayor, and I've told you this story a few times, I know, I keep going over the same story with him, but he used to be the mayor of the town and uh, very, very famous. Like when he drives around, everybody's like, hey Beto, Beto, who's there? Not with the terrible accent, but um, so um, Beto has been focusing on experimentation on the farm. So what he started to do is to take extra care of everything and really invest in the place. This year when I went, he was building these amazing, uh, this amazing housing for the workers. Sometimes during the harvest, it takes like three o'clock, four o'clock. They're finishing, so he's got somewhere where they can go and have like a break and have a lie down and a sleep and then come out. He's also building a cupping lab. Um, his son. Um, he's actually uh, starting to get more involved in the farm as well and he's studying agronomy um, at the local college so he can bring all of that back to the farm. Um, just like so much investment and kind of dedication into making the, the, the farm a better place. Um, the wet mill, the amount of, every time, like this is the third time I've been and every time I've been he spent a little bit more on the wet mill but he's never content with like, oh that's fine it'll do. You know he tiled out the, the, the receiving basins and just always, always trying to invest. Also spends an awful lot of time um, investing in the plant stock. So he planted 120,000 of these Pacamara trees, uh, all because we buy the 10 bag lot from him and love it. He was like, well, I'll plant 120,000 because if it's good here, it's gonna be, you know, I'm gonna get something that's good as well. So luckily next year, we should, we should start to see the fruits of that. We should, should start to see um, a little bit more of the Pacamara coming through because it is a very, very small lot. Um, I don't expect it to be around for a very long time. I think it'll be here today and gone tomorrow. Um, one of my favourite things about going to this farm is, is meeting up with Beto and his family though. Every time I've been, they always feed me really well. They always look after me really well. Um, they are beautiful people. Uh, and I've been told that next year when I go, uh, if I don't stop at the farm for the, at least an evening, they're, uh, they're gonna stop selling me coffee. So I guess I'll have to, have to go and spend some time with them on the farm. Um, what else do I need to tell you about this one? Um, so Palencia um, is a very small town, um, but the actual area of Palencia is very, very big. Um, it's uh, one of the, I think it's about 60,000 population. And um, yeah, so an hour's drive from Guatemala City. So I should go through the figures anyway. So it's from Guatemala, it's from the town of Palencia. Uh, the farm's full name is San Patricio El Limon, but we've just shortened it to El Limon. Um, maybe we shouldn't actually, but... Uh, producer's name is Guadalupe Alberto Reyes. 
uh, so 1,600 meters to 1,800 meters above sea level. Uh, it is a Pacamara and it is a fully washed. So now it's time for this week's map bit. So what I say now is look at me waving. Look at us go up. Let's go up, up, up and away. And um, we're going to go up and we're going to look at... Well, that was a bit different. Um, we're going to go up and we are going to go to our left. I'm not going to hold any suspense here whatsoever. We are going to Central America. Um, I'm happy about it. I hope you are because it's delicious coffee. Um, we are going to go and look at Central America. So we can see there we've got Guatemala, we've got Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama. But we're interested in Guatemala there. So let's go down to the to, to Guat and um, we can see that we have a fact for you. There are about 21 different original Mayan languages that are still spoken in Guatemala today. I, you may need that for a pub quiz at some point or uh, to bore a loved one. Um, but let's go down and this is a, an original area for us to be buying coffee from. It's the first time we've ever bought from here. Um, last year was the first time and... Um, Let's just have a quick look. So this is Beto's house. So that's looking at Palencia. You can see that in the distance. And that is the view you get from sitting at the table um, at, uh, at his house. And I've sat there and had dinner and just loved it. So we can see the lowest point is uh, Pacific Ocean. The highest point is uh, Trajmulco Tra Tra Volcano. I'm probably pronounced that and ripped it apart. Um, but um, let's get a different, slightly different angle at it. So you see Guatemala City there. Um, Guatemala City, we've talked about with El Bosque, how the urban sprawl of the city has really reached out to the very edges. Um, you never used to be able to see Guatemala City from Palencia. Now you can. Um, it's, it's just crazy. That, that's how much that city just keeps growing and growing. And the planning laws are so lax and so open that it's eating up all of this farming land that's always been there. Um, you know, and has always been a, a part of Guatemala. So there you go, just whizzing around there. That's Guatemala City, you can see in the distance. And you really can see that clearly uh, from, from Beto's house. It's just unbelievable for the vistas. Um, it's a, a, one of the most beautiful places I've sat and uh, eaten amazing food. Have I mentioned Beto's amazing food? Because I keep going on about it, but he fed me twice. And the two times he fed me, I think he saved my life. When you're traveling and eating in restaurants and eating in terrible places, it just is having somebody there to kind of go, have some home-cooked food and looking after you and sitting on the, looking out at this beautiful, beautiful view. Um, really recharged my batteries for the second half of the trip. Um, so there we go. We're going to come down and just look at... That's Palencia, that, where he was mayor. Um, that's kind of what he did. Uh, that's Everybody knows him in town. As we were driving round, people were bipping their horns and waving at him. And I don't think it was in an aggressive way. I think it was in a loving way. So that was the wonderful and a little bit longer than normal map bit. Another good map bit. I love the mountain range views on that map bit. Um, now it's time for Roland's daft facts. I really hope that he's moved on from football. He seems to be a little bit obsessed recently with his football bants. April tends to be the warmest time of year in Palencia, with an average temperature of 28 degrees, but it never gets that cold, because the coldest time, it only gets to around about 13 degrees average, so it's a very warm place.
Yeah, the 13 degrees he's talking about is in January, where he kind of gets, a, that, that's the coldest average temperature he gets. It's a super, um, super sunny place. But glad he's moved on from football bands to, to weather. That's good, that's good. Right, gonna wipe you on pause, gonna go and get tasty and delicious drinks and be back with you in just a second. Back, dive straight into the espresso, and I'm looking forward to this espresso. After the acidity of last week, I'm really looking forward to what I think will still have some acidity, but will have a little bit more sweetness to it, so. <laughs> that's more my bag. So, it starts off very similar to the, uh, the Bourbon version of this coffee. Sweet milk chocolate, really wonderful white grape acidity but it's a little bit more complex. So I get like a, a, a cinnamon, a real kind of spicy kind of, not offensively spicy, but just like like a cinnamon bun kind of thing. So I'm very sweet with it. Um, it's a good espresso, that is. It's a very good espresso. Mm. If I gave that my mom, she'd love that. Because she doesn't like things that are complicated and difficult. And this cappuccino is milk chocolate. It's a milk chocolate cappuccino. All of that spiciness gets killed by the milk. And that's not a bad thing. And you get a real kind of... I'm always scared to use this word. But like a bitter, coffee bitterness that comes through. Which is really pleasing. It's not a bitterness in a bad way. It's a bitterness in a really good way. Um, because it gives it that bite and really powers through that milk. Um, it's a really good cappuccino as well. And then, let's fill this baby up. Onto the brood. So, um, obviously the brood always reminds me of a little bit more like the cupping table. Um, and yeah. And there we go. So I always remember cupping this coffee, kind of getting real kind of bitter orange rind. Again, not using bitter in the bad way. And having a big body as well. And this has a super big body, and you do get that orange rind bitterness coming through. The cinnamon is even more on show here. The white grape has kind of gone to the background a little bit. The milk chocolate is definitely there, and that's the, bo the body part of it, but. I love working with Beto because I just love the coffee he sends us. He does such a great job with it and we are very, very lucky to be working with the man. Right, time to finish up. And um, as the cup says, life is definitely too short for bad coffee.